0: It's beautiful to celebrate Christmas. We are a church that has been celebrating Christmas ever since God knows when. And even before that. Christianity is joy. Christianity equals joy. You know, I can't imagine a Christian person Who has experienced the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Walking with his head down. And without a smile on his face. And you know what? Ever since the Lord Jesus Christ saved me. And you are a judge of that. That I cannot walk without a smile on my face. And when Adol is not smiling there is something wrong. And thank God. All wrong is righted by God, and we are rejoicing in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, I want to do a few things here. I don't know whether I will have time to preach to you today, uh, because we have one, two, three. Two have to go to the garden, <laughs> and we'll preach on one page. But before I do that, I want to... I read. I was not feeling well last week, and I read a little story about a Christmas prayer. I want to share it with you. Uh, ladies, would you please listen to me? Ladies. This uh, It's uh, uh, given by Ruth Rosenfeld, and it was published in the Austin American Statesman. And this uh, lady, uh, uh, today, um, we used to call them housewives. You know, today is homemaker, right? Okay, we want to be politically correct. Uh, Wives, I respect you a lot. And this woman was praying, Oh Lord, help me to survive this holiday week. Are you praying this prayer, ladies? (laughs) And we're going to have fun with that. Keep me from nibbling on all the ingredients as I prepare this festival meal. (laughs) Men, you can laugh too. Stop me from continuing to taste test the stuffing long after I know it is seasoned correctly. I enjoyed it. I hope you will. Help me to remember that onion dip is only an appetizer and that soon I will be eating a full meal. Keep me from using blue cheese dressing on my salad instead of diet French. Let me remember... That although mushrooms have little or no caloric value, the gravy they are floating in does. <laughs> <clears throat> Guide my hand away from the butter that I would like to glob on the vegetables. Allow me to admit I know that an average yam has more calories than a medium sized baked potato and that a third of a cup of cranberry sauce is more fattening than both of them combined. (laughs) Prevent me from forcing down a piece of pumping pie when I am already filled beyond belief. And if I don't heed the message, don't let me put whipped cream on top. Guide my feet away from the refrigerator in the days that follow that we need to do that I may not repeat the sins of my weak will with leftovers all week through. I wanted to share this, and I started laughing. I said, I want to share it with the church this week. So, uh, let's be careful, right? Eat as much as you want. Do the butter and whatever you have. These are times for festivities. But above all, you know what? If we have the joy of the Lord, we're going to enjoy everything. If we don't have the joy of the Lord, let me tell you one thing. Whatever you do is going to be temporary, and soon it will go away. And what remains is Jesus Christ and Him alone. Before I uh, say a few words for you this, I want to share something that uh, came to, uh, we received here at the church, and I want to read a uh, small letter we received. We were waiting for the full package to uh, reach here, and the letter was received uh, around the end of November, and the letter is uh, says for immediate release, and it says San Ramon Valley Bible Church receives the 2008 Best of San Ramon Award. U.S. Local Business Association's Award plaque honors the achievement. Washington, D.C., November 13, 2008. San Ramon Valley Bible Church has been selected for the 2008 Best of San Ramon Award in the Places of Worship category by the U.S. Local Business Association. We never filled a letter. We were never asked. We never uh, lobbied. (laughs) we don't have lobbyists here. Uh, We we never uh, did anything. No one asked us anything about our church. It's only the reputation of you people that made this church win this award. The U.S. LBA Best of Local Business Award Program recognizes outstanding local businesses throughout the country. Each year, the USLBA identifies companies that they believe have achieved exceptional success in their local community and business category. These are local companies that enhance the positive image of small business through the service they offer to their customers and community. And we were considered a, a, a church that have served the community, and uh, it uh, wasn't Various sources of information were gathered and analyzed to choose the winners in each category, and the 2008 USLBA award program focused on quality, not quantity. Winners are determined based on the information gathered both internally by the USLBA and data provided by third parties. This is the letter. It will be posted. And this is the plaque we received. It says, Best of San Ramon 2008 Places of Worship, San Ramon Valley Bible Church. As I said, we never love it. We give the glory to God for whatever happens in this church. We have no glory to take. We don't work for rewards or awards. Let me say one thing. Our reward is when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And when he calls us by name and he says, Well done, my faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's where we look forward. These are temporary things. How we got it, I don't know. But your reputation, each one of you who acted as a Christian in this community, what we have done in secret to many families, and God only knows, the names are up there, not here in the books. We never share these things because we preserve the dignity of each and every family that is helped. By the Lord Jesus Christ. What happens is we leave it to the community. And the Lord ordered it this way. So congratulations to each one of you. And you can be proud of one thing. That we are behaving as true Christians in this community. Let's keep it that way. Now back to our Christmas. Let's open our Bibles and continue what Bill read this morning. Luke chapter 2. He read two verses. Let's continue a little bit further. Luke chapter 2. Verse 10. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. To the shepherds. For behold, I bring you good news. Of a great joy. Which shall Be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. We sang it, Gloria in excelsis. Deo. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they have heard and seen, just as had been told them. May God bless the reading and bless. The hearts. Four days from now, we shall be celebrating again the most wonderful mystery of divine love, the coming of the Son of God into our human life. It is the most tender love story ever told. May we observe it with happiness and festivities of the right kind, with softened hearts and prayerful praise. Let us note, I want to talk about the shepherds today. These shepherds. Let us note something about them. And I will try to be as uh, short as possible. When the angel came and told them what's going to happen. And they heard the hallelujah chorus coming from heaven. Their resolve was unbelievable. Remember, these were shepherds, and shepherds were looked upon uh, very, very as very low a uh, job. And they were not those prominent people of the society. They were there even at night. Tending their sheep. But God elected to come to the poor people. To the lowly people. He could have gone to the well-known people in Bethlehem and Jerusalem and all over the Judean hills. He could have visited those rich people and to announce his coming. But he selected the poor people. They are poor at heart, but they are blessed by the Lord They, The angels came to them, and the the Lord knew that He, they will respond. And what did they do? You know what happened? They did not meet, they did not form a community and had a meeting. A, A committee and had a meeting. They did not say, well, we are going to investigate whether this voice is from heaven, or this is something that we were dreaming of. You know what they did? Let us go. Let us go straight. And then, when? Now. Where to? Bethlehem. What is there to to look at it? To see this thing that has happened. You know what? When I was studying this, they said to see this thing that has happened. Not, it might have happened. They believed. And may God give us hearts to believe what God says. You know, we have the Word of God in our hands. And when the Word of God says this to me, you know what? I take it at final. I don't contest the Word of God. There are so many believers today, believers, Christians, and they look at the Word of God and say, maybe it's not for us, maybe it was meant to be for those people living 2,000 years ago. Or 4,000 years ago if it's the Old Testament. But let me tell you one thing. The Word of God is for every generation. It's for every person. And when we hear the word of God, especially angels announcing it, let me say this. We better believe it. They believed. We don't contest it. When God says, I will take care of you, does, did he mean I might take care of you? Or I will take care of you? When he says he's firm, we might, we must be firm. He is as sure when he talks as the heavens and earth. And we should be as sure and trusting the word of God because it came from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we should not contest it. They did not. There was no doubt in their hearts. They went in the right spirit, believing, and above all things, they lost no time. And there was no time to waste. And they went in haste. And you must ask me, Abel, how did they know where to go? He said, Bethlehem. Well, how did they know in Bethlehem? But he gave them two things. He says, you, uh, you will find a, a baby in, uh, in, what is it, swaddling clothes, right? Uh, this is when babies were born at that time. And then in a manger. How many babies were born in a manger that time? I ask you, and how many babies today are born in mangers? Only one baby was born in manger, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they went and found him. They were rewarded for being quick, for obeying, for believing, and for going straight. What did did they find him? The Bible says, they came and found. Verse 16 in your Bible. Underline it. They came and found. They found what was promised to them. What was told them. They were the first mortals. Let me tell you this. The first mortals apart from Mary and Joseph. To see the incarnate Christ. Wasn't that an honor for them? These are, they became most honorable people. These shepherds. Forgotten disrespected most probably by everyone around them aside from their families but they just found the messiah they risked their jobs you know why they left the sheep and you know what there's a song that they sang by greater visions i don't know how many of you know it, it said the shepherds left the sheep and found the Lamb. They did that. That's a beautiful song. And When I listen to it, I, I, I cry. Because that's true. And may God help us to leave everything and follow the Lamb. To leave all the things that come between us and the Lord Jesus Christ and follow Him. Did they lose? They set their eyes... On the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, they were the only privileged people after his mother and Joseph. You know what? I think they were rewarded. That's an award for them. We have an award. But this is, you uh, know, they saw Jesus. And how many people today in the world will say, I'd give anything to see Jesus. Well, we don't, didn't have to give anything except our sins and we met Jesus and we saw him in our minds and in our faith. And he extended his helpful hand to us and raised us and gave us this wonderful life that we have. They said, we have seen Jesus. And let me ask you a question today. Have you seen Jesus? Have you met Jesus like they met him? Have you had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? And you know one thing? You say, why? Because when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never be the same again. Never. These shepherds, I tell you, they never were the same again. So we, we looked at their resolve. We looked at Dean. Dean, count how many hours I have today. Okay? We looked at their resolve, that's one. We looked at their reward. And we we want to look at the report they gave. The report they gave in verse 17 and 18. There are three major features in the report. The report was widespread. They made known abroad. In the King James Version, they said they made widely known. They spread the word and became the first evangelists of the Christian era. Can you imagine uneducated people? People who didn't know anything about the Lord. Who sat there as shepherds at night. They are—they have nothing. Nothing. They became the first evangelists. They came to give a good report. Let me ask you a question. After meeting your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's your report about him? What is your report? Or uh, uh, you say, well... Uh, did you tell people about your salvation when you experienced the Lord Jesus Christ did you tell your family about your experience these people could not could not close their mouths nor their hearts nor their eyes nor anything they came and started spreading the word and then what they said it is a true fact we don't believe in some fables And some stories. We believe in a true fact in Jesus Christ. We believe in God. We don't believe in wood. We don't believe in sun and gods or that in people who uh, worship suns and worship wood and worship some uh, creatures. We believe in God, who is alive, and we are celebrating. His birth day amongst us. And we believe that he came. We believe he went to heaven. And we believe he's coming again. It's a true fact. Are you telling people about that? They came and told people what they have seen. They did not not have to go to a theology school. They did not have to get all kinds of diplomas. To open their mouths about finding Jesus Christ in a little manger and seeing Him and telling the people around Him. And guess what? They spread it abroad. They can spread it abroad. And do you know what? They were impressive. (laughs) They were impressive. Look at verse 18. Look with me at verse 18. And all who heard their story wondered. Don't you think wonder is impressive? Then you see, when people wonder about what you tell them is impressive, and they were impressive, and who gave them all that? It's the experience of finding Jesus. And you know what? You can be effective. You can make a difference in your community, in your church, in your house. When you find Jesus, when you experience his salvation, you can be impressive if you are genuinely born again and tell the world what God has done in your life. In view of this, can we ourselves, as Christians, who know Jesus, keep silent? This is my question today. Can you keep silent? After singing these beautiful hymns, and each hymn, you know, lifted me up. And I felt, I don't know whether you did. The Lord Jesus was here amongst us. He is in our church. After experiencing his presence with us and his presence in our lives, can we keep silent about his great visit and his salvation to our lives? Can we? How can we? So let's go tell the world. Let's go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's go tell it. Christianity is joy. Well, let's go tell them why we are joyful. Christianity is happiness. Why are you happy? Because we're happy. One day, my third line manager, he had an executive interview with me and he called me and he says, why are you so, he didn't say happy. You know, you know, I left, I left the corporate world a long time ago. He said, why are you so positive? And I know he was a Jew, right? I sat beside him and said, I said, Adol, it's do or die. This is it. And we're not supposed to bring the name of God or anything in our corporation. I said, you know, Paul, it's because Jesus Christ is in my heart. Interesting. I said, Lord, let him change the subject. I don't want to be fired today. (laughs) Interest. Yes. Well, I kept my job. (laughs) And I retired there. Go tell it on the mountains. They went and didn't care. Who is their Savior? The Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder at this point whether we have full knowledge really, all of us, collectively as a family of God, of the born child and true Christian life, if we have it, let's go and talk about our Lord Jesus Christ. What really uh, makes me sad, for a lack of better word here, is that our people, our children, they know more about Santa than Jesus Christ, yes or not? The people there—they talk about Santa, and you know what? They have the courage. Santa this and Santa that, and Santa and Santa is non-existent. And Santa's coming to town. Well, he's going to get, get out of town very soon. <laughs> but Jesus is in town day and night, and He never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Forget these fables. Forget these stories. Forget what people are, and this is sad. This is sad that our children are growing to believe in such a thing, and they put cake, they put chocolate chips cookies near the chimney, and and the father eats them, and the mother says Santa came and ate them. I wish we can give Jesus in return our lives. Our time, our money, everything that we have, put it at his feet. And guess what? And he will use them and repay you ten times. Not so long ago, a professor of psychology in one of our great universities gave a word suggestion test to his class of 40 students. He instructed them to write the word Christmas. And all the class did so. Then he said, "Write immediately." That's what write there after the word Christmas. Write the first thought that flashes through your mind regarding that day. And when he collected the forty papers, his, he, here's what he got: Christmas, after Christmas, three, Holly, Mistletoe. Presents, turkey, holiday, carols, Santa Claus. But not one had written the birthday of Jesus. Sad to say, as there there was no room at that time for him in the inn, there is no room for him today in celebrating Christmas. Santa is more honored, believe me. John Darby expressed it this way. He began in a manger and ended on the cross and along the way had not where to lay his head. We have an impressive story like these shepherds. Let's tell it and let's go to the top of the mountains and tell our new generation Who Jesus is. They return, another Ardeen. They returned. And you know, verse 20 we read The shepherds returned. They did the right thing. Soon Christmas will be over. We return all back to our desks. We return to our shops. We return to our place of work. We return to our schools. We return there. They returned. And you know what? They never stopped. Telling their acquaintances and friends. What a great savior he is. A savior truly was born. They went to their secular jobs. And this is. believe. This is where I ask you. Everyone who goes to work. Who goes to school. This is the, the mission field for you. This is where you tell, you tell people. About the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you have a good Christmas? What do you answer? Oh yes thank you. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Or was Santa good to you? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, Santa was... Stop there. Use that and tell them how Jesus was good to you and saved your life. They had a good report. They had a They just... You remember the demoniac that Jesus saved? And he just made him again. A man with full command of his mind and his faculties. And he was, they found him sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed. He was naked first. And Jesus dressed us. And he he had no mind first. And Jesus gives us a wonderful, stable mind. He had nothing. He was living amongst the tomb. Now he's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he told him, Jesus, I want to follow you wherever you go. Do you know what Jesus answered him? He wanted to accompany Jesus. He says, I want to follow you. He said, no, 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 no. No, he told him this. Go home to your people and report because you have a good story to tell. To report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Was Santa good to you? Give the report. It's not Santa. Santa was never good to me. And there is no Santa to give me good things. There's only the Lord Jesus Christ who gives and cares and loves and sacrifices. They had a good report. In brief, finally, they had one attitude, another RD, rejoicing. We read in verse 20, they were glorifying and praising God. Their rejoicing did not call attention to their own privilege at all. Their rejoicing was full of Christ they glorified him and here's a true example for us to follow whatever we do in our lives whatever good that happened to us whatever god god has done in our life let's give glory to god we they gave glory to god glory to god in the highest they praised god what when they heard the angel say go they went they found they reported And they are rejoicing. Oh, what a great God we have. Nowadays, Christmas time is too many, too many. Uh, A time of festivities. I am not against festivities. Please don't get me wrong. Festivities in the true sense. Getting together with the families. Enjoying this beautiful time. The best time of the year for me is Christmas. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it and I plan to enjoy the festivities of Christmas for the next four or five days. But remember, remember, this is not a holiday from Christ. This is not a vacation to get away from Christ. This is a vacation to spend it with Christ. As long as we do that, go have fun and enjoy it. But remember, who's the source of the joy? They were not rejoicing before, but when they found Jesus Christ and that babe, they found joy, they found everything, they found life, and they became preachers for everyone. Corporations give big luncheons and parties for their employees, they celebrate the holidays. In all this, I ask you, where is Christ? Where is the Savior? Do we have a place for Him in our lives anymore? I don't mean the Christians. I mean our society. We don't. I don't think they do. Oh. People barely think why the Lord came. And the purpose of his visit to our land. A recent decision. I read this with with sadness. A recent decision of a court of appeals. Says that either the government or the baby Jesus must stay out of the Christmas pageant of peace near the White House. Apparently, Jesus will be the one to go. That's the way I see it right now, said Arthur Lamb, chairman of the week-long event. And he says, I know a lot of people are upset, but it looks like we have no other choice. Jesus will have to go. Do we have a choice, folks? Yes, we do. Jesus will stay. And we will celebrate Christmas. And we will rejoice in Christmas. And we will tell the world about what Jesus is. And we will offer Jesus as the only Savior in this world. And that's true Christmas. Long time ago, I tell you one thing. Isaiah said that he will, he will be despised and rejected of men. These, finally, these shepherds went back different people. Do you agree with me? They went back different people. And may the Lord speak to our hearts today that as we go to our work, to our places of worship, to our our community, to our schools, wherever you go, okay, people will look at us and will see that we're different people. Are we different? Or are we like others? Do they know that you are a different person? Do they know at work that you are a Christian? Or they've been there for five years and no one knows that you're a Christian? Go. They became different people. Because God has called us to be different people. To proclaim his excellencies. Who called us out of darkness into his eternal light. And you know what? As a family of God, I think we know very well the meaning of Christmas. Let's not forget. And let's not be taken by surprise. Let us always be, be on the alert to tell the world that Jesus came to give us life. He gave us life. And he gave us eternity. And he is the only Savior of the world. Jesus stays, Christmas stays, and as long as we live, we shall tell the whole world what he means to our lives. Amen? Amen. Have a very Merry Christmas. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity of being in your presence today. This is the last Sunday before Christmas, and we pray that whatever days we have left, we'll tell the world whenever the opportunity arises, who Jesus is. Help us to be true Christians, and help us when we go back to the world, they will know that we are different people. Bless each and every one, those who couldn't make it today, those who are sick, those who are traveling, we pray that you will heal them, and be with those who are going to visit their families, that you give them wonderful gatherings, and may you be the, take the place of preeminence in their lives. Bless us and dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen.